This episode of the DLU podcast is brought to you by Goalie Nutrition. As someone who's used Goalie for quite some time, I can tell you that they're not only very good, but they're very beneficial. My favorite are the Super Green Gummies. The Super Green Gummies are uniquely crafted with a spectrum of essential nutrients such as vitamins A, B12, folic acid, and theamine. It supports a healthy liver function, healthy nervous and immune system, digestive health, a boost to your metabolism, and overall health and well-being. There are no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors from artificial sources. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and gelatin-free. All loyal listeners of the DLU podcast get a special 10% discount at checkout. Go to Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. That's Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. This podcast is a Believe Network and Luciete production. Welcome to another edition of the Daily Podcast brought to you by Believe Network. I'm your host, Derek T. Lewis, and I hope you all that are listening in the United States, I hope you all had an absolutely wonderful 4th of July holiday. You know, as for me, I really didn't do didn't do too much of a lot. I actually just sat here and relaxed and just binged on some uh, streaming apps, you know, Netflix, Hulu, Prime Video. I literally just literally just wanted to just chill out and not do a lot. So that was the gist of my holiday. And of course, it rained where I live. I don't know how uh, how the weather was where you are across the country in the U.S., but, you know, it was raining off and on here, so really not much to do. But this past Saturday, I actually had the opportunity to watch WWE's Money in the Bank. It was a, a early start for us at 3 p.m. Eastern because they were over in London, England at the O2 Arena, and I got to tell you, it was an incredible event. I mean, any time that, you know, you have those crowds, you know, in the UK, especially when they come over for Mania Week and they're at the uh, the, the Raw after WrestleMania, they're a pretty rowdy crowd. So they were very energetic the entire night. But this week's episode, I actually go over the um, the whole entire premium live event, WWE's Money in the Bank, with someone that I've known for a very, very long time, um, Julian Smith. And you've, you've heard me um, advertise the Watchers podcast. Well, he's one of the five hosts of that show, and he and I break down the entire Money in the Bank event. You know, we, we share our opinions about it and what we liked, what we didn't like, and what the future holds, you know, from here on out for the rest of the year. So let's not wait any longer. The Money in the Bank recap show starts right now. Ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce you know a gentleman that I've uh, known, my goodness, probably 16, 17 years now. We met in the wrestling space many, many years ago. He is one of the five hosts of the Watchers podcast. Um, Julian Smith, welcome to the D-Loop podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem, man. And like I said, you know, we've we've been talking wrestling for years. So um, like I said, he has a, an incredible podcast. You guys can can uh, subscribe to. They're on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. So make sure you check out Watchers Podcast. Watchers with a Z, by the way. So we're going to talk about Money in the Bank. And uh, we're recording this on a Sunday, actually. So depending upon when you get this episode, we are recording the day after. So all of this is basically fresh in our minds. 
let's start off with, you know, the attendance obviously going into this pay-per-view. They were at the O2 Arena in London, you know, 18,885 fans, you know, action-packed crowd. The crowd was was excited the, the entire night. So let's get right into it, man. So we had the seven-man Money in the Bank ladder match with uh, Damian Priest. Yeah, Damian Priest, Butch, uh, L.A. Knight, Logan Paul, Ricochet, Santos Escobar, and Shinsuke Nakamura. First off, let me just say this. The fact, the, the rise of L.A. Knight, that the organic rise, I might add, has been impeccable. I, I like it. I like it because it's something that has not been done in a while. A guy organically has gotten over not the machine force-feeding this guy down his or her throats right now. Right. I, I like it. I also think that it was the right decision for Damian Priest to win this thing. Because this is not, if anything, this is going to elevate L.A. Knight even more. And people are going to want to start seeing him more and more and more. So this isn't going to hurt him. I do like the, the fact that Damian Priest, they're not overlooking the work that he's been putting in previous to L.A. Knight's rise right now. I'm glad he won it, and I'm glad it was new people involved in this Money in the Bank ladder match because you, you need to see something new. It's something fresh, not just the same old people doing everything in there. So it, it's interesting to see where everybody goes from here right now because they're all in there. Right? I wouldn't have been mad with any of the guys winning, but except Logan Paul. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, yeah, it, it would have been – they probably would have rioted if that was the case. Those British fans are, are riotous for sure. But but no, to your point, man, with LA Knight, again, think about this for a second. He was just in that with pitch black match with uh Bray Wyatt at the Royal Rumble, and everyone thought that he was gonna fade to obscurity because it's like, what are they doing with him? And the fact and I was at SmackDown the night before night one of WrestleMania in oh, LA really? and L.A. Knight was in a battle royal, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know how it came across on television, but the crowd was behind L.A. Knight. When he got eliminated, oh, the crowd booed. Oh, wow. That just lets you know, and, and again, this reminds me of Austin's rise in 96, 97, when he was starting to, you know, that, pro, that obviously, the pro, yeah, he was starting to really, you started seeing it, you know what I mean? I think what makes L.A. Knight so interesting is the fact that he can talk on his microphone. I mean, I'm looking at that company as a broad right now. Nobody's really commanding the audience right. with, with his charisma. I'm not saying that LA Knight is the best wrestler, but the WWE has always been about who can get on that talk, who can talk on a microphone, who can bring people into the building. Absolutely. And the fact that LA Knight is organically has gotten over, which right. is something that I love. I love seeing this, uh, a, a natural rise. Of, of a guy that's ascending to be something bigger than what he's going to be. It's interesting to see where they're going to put him now or how what feuds they're going to have him in because clearly he's going to be the the one selling this thing now because of his mouth alone. I think right now, I think a good feud with him would be Logan Paul because they both can, can use their mouth and they can use Logan Paul's good with his social media and, you know, LA Knight is just going to, uh, poke the bear, so 
That would be one good for you to see him in. It would, but it all depends on Logan, Logan Paul's yeah. schedule because yeah. I mean, he is technically all, a, a uh-huh. part timer. Yeah. But you know, again, Damian Priest did grab the Money in the Bank briefcase, and he can challenge for any title that he wants. Yeah, shout the, out to him too because he's been putting in some work. It's a, it's um it's near and dear to me because um Damian Priest, aka Punishment Martinez, uh, was. Former, um, he was one. Not only was he a, a former graduate of the Monster Factory, but he was actually one of the coaches at the Monster Factory, where I'm a ring announcer at. And he, my first day at the factory was technically his last day there because he was oh. still working at Ring of Honor and he was about to get signed to WWE. And he actually, um, he agented the Battle Royal that night. So I had that was like my interaction, my, my only interaction with them as far as being there. But just to see one of our guys, you know, do something this, this, you know. This big, you know, says a lot. So kudos to Damian Priest and kudos to the other six guys that were in the uh, ladder match. The next match um, for the uh, Women's Tag Team Championships, you had the champions Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler taking on the former champions Raquel Rodriguez and the returning Liv Morgan. Mid-match. Totally <laughs> unexpected. I'm I'm trying to figure, like, wait a minute. She, she tags Ronda in. Ronda's getting ready to attack. And Shayna Baszler just... Beats her down and chokes her out. And I'm like, what is this? This was a case of uh, Scarface shooting Manolo. <laughs> I, I didn't see this one coming. <laughs> no one saw it coming. But also, too, you got to think about this for a second. Is this, You mentioned something to me yesterday in regards to you thinking that Ronda's going back to UFC. I don't know if that's the rumor, but it's, it's something behind them losing or her losing it was a it was something I was reading the other day that was basically saying like, well, some people are trying to talk Ronda Rousey into possibly going back into the UFC because she may have some winnable fights. I don't know. Winnable, but, but but I'm trying to but I'm trying to understand though. It's like, why was she? I mean, and we, like I was talking about yesterday. How on earth are you going to sit? I mean, wh- how do I put this? What does she have to prove going back to mixed martial arts? Is my question. Nothing. I don't think she has anything left to prove. But at the same time, this is just one of them things where it depends on what Ronda wants to do. Because this was told, it caught everybody off guard. I, mean, I like it just because it added drama to the it dra- match. I mean, it it really did but because it, it was, was totally un- it was unexpected. And also to me, I'm just like, well, SummerSlam is around the corner. They're going to need some women's matches that are not regarding the title. You right. know what I mean? It's not regarding the title. It's not regarding anything. I think having just a one-on-one match for the simple fact that these these two people have an issue. Mm-hmm. They have it in the men's in the men's division. Why you can't have it in the women's division? Not every women's match has to be. Or we're going to have our token women's match, two women's title matches, and go on. No, they need some other compelling stories that they can tell. You know what I mean? And that can ultimately, who knows? It's an interesting thing. I mean, I, I really think Ronda Rousey is over the wrestling thing right now because the crowd's turned on her. I mean, let, let's just call it. Even as a heel, yeah. they, I think it's, as they say, go away heat. Yeah. I don't think the I don't think people really grasp the hold of her as a WWE superstar. I, I just think just because of seeing what some of the these other celebrities are doing now. Right, and just are you talking about like Logan Paul yeah, and the, right Bunny and all that? I just it's something about Rousey. I don't think it's catching on with a wrestling fan. I mean, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing, 
Uh, I'm not knocking her if for any means because I don't get into that. That's not my profession. I'm not the one that's going to like criticize them or say anything bad about her. But right. I just really think she's not clicking with this audience. And it's evidently it's showing in her body language and it's showing in some of her matches. So I, I think it may be best if she a part ways and then really figure out what she wants to do. I mean, her being an ambassador for the company could be a good thing. You know, there's many other... I mean, I, again, I think she cared in the beginning. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that she doesn't care now. But I'm just saying, I think she cared more when she first got there. What was that, 2017, 2018? 2018, when she showed up at the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, she's really going to do this. And apparently, her contract was actually supposed to go up until Survivor Series. Oh, really? She wasn't. She wasn't even supposed to stay that long. That Mania thirty five. She ended. Up, she ended up stay, signing an extension to that contract. Oh, so handshake agreement. Probably. Uh, probably, but I mean, at the end of the day, it's like I mean, she put the work in. It's not like she didn't. You know, she didn't train or anything. I just think that her becoming a mom. You know, they could. You know, you just never know. Real life. Yeah. And I'm not talking. I'm not discriminating against women, guys. What I'm saying is, is that responsibilities and, and all these other things. You're trying to divide your, you you divide your interests. You can't have just a lot of times. Uh, you want to balance your time out. Maybe that is a big thing. I mean, it's just crazy just to see. This isn't like making her a bad guy is one thing, but this is like legit go away heat. I mean, they were cheering for a villain, for another villain to beat her up. So that's right. why I was just like, oh, this is getting bowling shoe ugly <laughs> and the really match quick. was rather short it was what nine minutes long so i mean yeah, i was just like shorter than that yeah it was nine minutes so i mean hey you know they th- did what they had to do in there um next up we have um for the intercontinental championship we had um the champion gunther um defending against uh, matt riddle i expected the match to be a little longer than what it was it was uh, seven minutes 45 seconds and it didn't I don't seem like it, it, it. But you know what? They did a lot within that time. I mean, you. I mean, as, as they say in the biscuit, shit in. But I didn't expect the match to end on a submission the way that he got. I mean, they worked the knee. They worked the knee. I think he was doing what the um, doing something with his foot or with yeah, his, his heel hook. Yeah, with the heel hook. And I mean, won the match. I'm just like, whoa. Hey, let's give Gunther some credit right now too. He has literally. Kind of brought back some mystique, some some recognition to that IC title. I mean, he's the longest reigning IC champion in this century, and he's about because I know Honky Talk Man held the title fifteen months mm-hmm. from June of eighty seven to August of um August of eighty eight. He held 15, 14, 15 months. So again. We'll see. You know, if he'll, I'm sure he'll break it, but we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, they've built him up as a uh, un, unbeatable man right now. I mean, right. And I like it. I mean, I like his ring style. He's oh yeah. He's very physical. He's bringing that British strong style over here, and he's also using incorporating some of that uh, Japanese style from over. He's a different type of guy, which I like. It's something different with his ring style. His old school presence. heel. How he's how he's carrying himself and everything, so it, it's a good. It was a good win for him, though. I mean, yeah, I just it was. Yeah, it, it was, was definitely longer. good. I was, I was. I wish the match was a little longer. I was just very surprised how the match ended. I was like, a submission? That's different. But again, I, and also too with Gunther, you know, dropping a lot of weight that he did. He is, you know, shredded now, and I think that just says a lot in regards to how long. I mean, again, he put on some the, the main the match yeah. at Mania. 
you know, the triple threat match. That was, oh my God. I think his coming out match was against him and Sheamus at Clash of the Castle. Though. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, and I'm not saying that he's had bad matches outside of that company, but I really think that was the one everybody started really paying attention started to. noticing what this man can do in the ring with, with Sheamus. That was two hard-boned guys going at it. Man. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Now, on the next match, we have um, Dominic Mysterio with uh, Rhea Ripley in his corner uh, going up against uh, Cody Rhodes. And let me just say, I want the, the Cody Rhodes, and I, I just interviewed his sister recently. Shout out to Teal uh, for taking, you know, for coming on to the DLU podcast. But Cody is the baby face we've needed for a long time. Yeah. Because this isn't force fed. This isn't. Um, he's organically over with absolutely with the fans. fans like him. Right fans now. like him, and this it really just goes to show you. you no, know, granted, I think there is a slight difference between the AEW crowd and the WWE crowd. I think this, the the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes, the the, the character, the 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 Highlander coat, and all the. I think that was more suited for a WWE superstar. And, and not an AEW crowd. All right, and this is, I'm not, you know, crapping on AEW at this all. This isn't, I'm not going to knock AEW or WWE. I, I don't like knocking any promotion. Like I said, no. I don't do it. I'm just speaking on it, just how I'm just going to see it. Right. I just think Cody Rhodes was better fit for the WWE, more so than AEW. Just because of how AEW is... Some of their storylines is all over the place. And I think, a, uh, I'm trying to find the right word to say, Cody's story fits the WWE mold better. I mean, you got a guy that he came in there, he was wet behind the ears, he left, started finding his niche. He found who he was as a performer and what he was going to sell to a WWE audience. And it caught lightning in a bottle really quickly. Now, let's get to Dominic Mysterio right now. <laughs> yeah. This boy has done something that has that's amazed me. He has generated natural heel heat just from attacking his dad. And I like this because he is the polar opposite of his father right now. Right. His dad is awesome as a as a face. Baby face, yeah. And his son is is a charismatic heel right now. I, I really wish want to see where this Dominic Mysterio character goes and they can always find tweak it, but it's, it's been a breath of fresh air just to see something totally different as instead of him being a, a typical good guy. And I think fans were going to sour on him. Just they were already set. They were already souring on him. And then when he turned on edge and his dad at the clash of the castle, I was just like, Oh wow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that was the best thing for him. That's happened. Cause now yeah. you're starting to see how he's becoming his own personality now. Mm-hmm. And that, that's that's good for him, and that's good for the business. And all, all shouts to him. Though. Yeah, but, I mean, the, I thought the match was going to, again, was going to be a lot longer. Because when they announced the match, I'm like, it brought me back to when Cody wrestled Ray at WrestleMania 27. That mm-hmm. was actually one – it was a very underrated match. Yeah, it was. They, they That was a lot better than what – if you, I haven't watched it in a while. I may have to watch this again, though. But that feud that they had was pretty good, though. Yeah, and I mean, it did a lot for Cody. And I was thinking, we, I, I said, I figured where Cody would win, but I thought it would really sh- put some shine on Dominic, and it did. I just thought the match should have been a little bit longer. But I guess with all the matches, what you're talking about, you know, what we're going to get to in the main event, you know, they they would definitely needed that it was time. A, it was a filler. I mean, it was just something just to get the uh, pop out of crowd to fill 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 some space and just 
Do what they got to do. Well, what ended up happening after that kind of explains why um, Dom and uh, Cody, you know, went only eight minutes and 40 seconds. And that was out of nowhere. We saw John Cena unannounced returns at Money in the Bank and the crowd were completely beside themselves. And we were in the chat yesterday and I was saying, you know, it wouldn't shock me. And you can verify this. I said, (laughs) he's probably going to announce something about WrestleMania coming to London. And that's exactly what he did. Now, I said WrestleMania 41, Mm -hmm. but he just said WrestleMania in, in London in general. And I'll go a little bit further right now on that. I was watching the press conference with with Hunt with a Triple H last night, and so obviously a lot of people were asking him about, you know, everyone. Yeah, it at was the an pr- elephant in a room, so you had to you had to address it in regard <laughs> to to I mean, everyone up. And shout out to uh, Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful that was at the um, at the at the scrum last night. Huge um, advocate, you know, for me. I really appreciate what you did for me. But um, they were talking about. You know, the, the possibility of WrestleMania being in London. And Triple H went on to explain that it's a lot difficult than what it is on paper. It is. I mean, it, it's that's a logistics thing. Right. Because you got, what, television, marketing. How, where are you going to put, or I guess put everybody. It would be good to see. Personally, I wouldn't mind it because it would remind me of, was it 93 when they went to Wembley? Oh, that was 92, SummerSlam 92. I think they would shatter any record right now. I mean, yeah. just acknowledge that crowd was into every match from bell to bell. Yeah. They, they, that, that entire audience was in it. I think they do deserve it because Canada's had plenty of them there. Right. But um, also, too, I mean, Canada had two WrestleManias, but you're talking about going over the border yeah. versus you're going you're going across Atlantic, and then you're talking about logistics, not just for the wrestlers, but for the wrestlers' families. Mm-hmm. Then you have the employees' families you have to consider. Yeah. You have to consider about buses, getting them from one place to another. Then you have to have Mania Week events. Having covered Mania Week, I can tell you. Honestly, yeah, I know that media is going to be something else. Let me, yeah, let me tell you something right now. When I when they say that the WWE machine, mm-hmm. having been up close to it, that is one hundred percent factual facts. Uh, it is so many moving parts in that company. I heard it's a fast moving. It thing, is. So. It's 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 insane. Of like how many people are there, and they're making sure this is taken care of. This this this. You got everybody doing a job for this that and the other. So I understand. And once Hunter like really broke the. Really broke it down during the press junk, the press some conference last night after the event. I was like, okay, I totally understand why. Mm-hmm. So John Cena, you know, to the surprise of the fans, you know, really cut a cut a passionate promo about you know WrestleMania London. Then of course Grayson Waller comes out, and I'm like, okay, I know what this is about. You know, they're gonna you know do a little deal or whatever, and he's talking about you know shitting on um, London because he's Australian, and he's talking about how WrestleMania can go to Australia, and you know John Cena. Um, versus me, and then John was like, "Well, you want me to give the rub to you in uh, Australia?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh man, <laughs> he he don't care. Anymore. He doesn't care anymore." <laughs> no, and um, so yeah, of course, you know, John Cena does the deal, does the AA, and send you know everyone's all send happy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But shout out to him though, man, because that I, I've seen a lot of guys in this industry in a position that he was in do a lot worse based off of a audience reaction but he's he stood to his character and his morals and i think now it's to the point where he's not there i think the audience 
is really missing him. Your and, brother and said this is going to – Brian said this was going to happen. This may have been about 10 years ago. He yeah. said, you know what? When Cena walks away, the fans are going to miss him, and they're going to appreciate what he did. And what's even crazier is that Paul Heyman was on Rick Rubin's podcast a couple of weeks ago, which, by the way, is about a three-and-a-half-hour three episode, one of the absolute best podcast episodes I've ever heard in my entire life. Paul is such an amazing storyteller and just – uh, such a student of the game. That was almost like a, a college course I took in wrestling. Anyways, he was talking about John Cena's contributions to Make-A-Wish. Mm-hmm. He said John Cena didn't want anyone to know about the Make-A-Wishes that he was doing. And Vince was like, look, you're going to have to start letting me go public about these Make-A-Wishes because it's not really doing the company any favors. And we want this, you know, this relationship to go. John is just doing it out of whatever. Yeah. I've heard they said that he's done some stuff outside of companies. He's, uh, he, they say he's visited homes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Stayed with some people. He's took care of some people. And to me, that just shows you the maturity of he is as he grown. I mean, everybody goes to their, their young spurts, but I think he's well aware of his audience and who, and who he's engaging to. Right. So I'm thinking he's that that's a smart thing on him. He knows that kids is watching him. Right. And people are, are looking up to him. So he's done everything to me. He's I, I would say Cena if he is very underappreciated. I think now everybody's seeing what he meant to that company. Everybody's just taking a step back and saying, Right. Oh, we really miss a guy like him right now because outside of it's nobody that's get gravitating right now. Cody, well, that's what I was saying. Cody is is the baby face that we need now yeah. because now people are like, okay, we we kind of we kind of crapped on Cena. We're not going to crap on him. Yeah. Cody's going to be our guy. He's going to wave the WWE flag. You need one character that is pure of heart. Absolutely. I'm not necessarily just saying that as an analogy. You need one, one, one really good, good guy over, and I think Cody's doing that very well. I think how he's handling it as well, right? But John Cena is John Cena. I mean, like I said, this this man is he's fought everybody. <laughs> Literally has fought everybody. Everybody. I mean, his come up was good. I think now everybody's really missing him, and now he's at the tail. He's at a twilight in his career where he's not going to be doing this any longer. So I think right. now the fans are really just appreciating the fact that he's taking time out of a, a, a schedule that he has to come to see fans. That's yeah. paying harder money to see him. I'm not knocking The Rock for doing this, but The Rock's is in and out. And I, you can understand that's a busy lifestyle. He had, it's like what the comparing what John Cena is doing versus what The Rock, it's two it different things. Animals. It, yeah, he's Rock a, is he's a mogul and mm-hmm. he's he's been doing it and building his brand mm-hmm. for a very, very long time. I'm not knocking him, but I'm just no. saying it's just two different how, things. How he's coming to how Cena is just making unannounced visits. Right. Saying the rock word, you don't know when he's <laughs> when the next time he's gonna happen. Right. And so. it could be it could be contractual, it could be a lot of mm-hmm. different things. But again, kudos to John Cena for um for, for showing up at Money in the Bank. Next, we have the women's Money in the Bank ladder match uh, with uh, EO Sky, Bailey, Becky Lynch, WWE Hall of Famer Trish Stratus, Zelina Vega, and of course Zoe Stark. This was a good one. This was a real good one. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, first off, kudos to um Zoe Stark for taking that code red on the ladder. Oh, oh my God! 
Ooh. And she, I mean, she was, and I saw she protected herself, which is great. But I mean, man, just the optic the, of it. Man. Yeah, it was. It was like, I'm like, uh, wow. Yeah, she really took it, and um, Trish Stratus took a face plant yo, to the shout out to her though. Yeah, because for being what 40, 46, 46, 46 years old, and she was in there mixing it in with them girls. I mean, by the way, her very first ladder match she's ever been in. Trish Stratus. She, she held it down. I mean, she held her own. You can tell she was, this was something like a fish out of water, but as the match went yeah. along, she was getting into it. I think she always wanted to work with some girls that were a, a lot more physical than what they had back then. Yeah. Because you can just tell, I mean, the girls back then, to what they have now, it's two different beasts. These girls are are literally athletes that she's in there with now. So it, I think it's probably getting her a little bit more riled up and excited more just to actually compete with them. Yeah, I mean, even like like a, someone like a Eve Torres, I thought would have thrived now. Because, yeah. you know what I mean? She has a jiu-jitsu background. She's you know yeah. married to uh, mm-hmm. Hannah Gracie. Mm-hmm. And got girls like her would have thrived. Obviously, Beth Phoenix would have yeah. ran ran the table in this, in this era. Yeah. But... It just goes to show you it's just time it's the timing. Yeah, but it's growth. But but mm. the spot of the night was um EO Sky handcuffing both Bailey and Becky Lynch under one of the rungs so they, and she used Bailey as a as a um a boost to get up and climb the ladder and she uh-huh. is missed money in the bank. So. Shout out to Bailey too, because she has doing her best to get all these girls over the best way she can. Yeah. But and the but, highlight for me was when Zelina Vega pulled out the slipper. Oh, the, <laughs> I, had a, I had a laugh at that. Man. It was like La Clancha. Like La La was it La Cancha? La Chancla, yeah. Pardon me if I got it wrong. Yeah, there, pardon but. me too. And I should be better at that. But no, it was that was a highlighter. And I don't think the British fans really got the colloquialism because of the fact that they they they, they, they just don't know. Mm-hmm. But for all for all my uh, my Latino friends, they know. <laughs> they know what's going this on. This episode of the DLU podcast is brought to you by Goalie Nutrition. As someone who's used Goalie for quite some time, I can tell you that they're not only very good, but they're very beneficial. My favorite are the Super Green Gummies. The Super Green Gummies are uniquely crafted with a spectrum of essential nutrients such as vitamins A, B12, folic acid, and theamine. It supports a healthy liver function, healthy nervous and immune system, digestive health, a boost to your metabolism, and overall health and well-being. There are no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors from artificial sources. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and gelatin-free. All loyal listeners of the d podcast get a special 10% discount at checkout. Go to Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. That's Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. But next we have the um, World Heavyweight Championship match between um, the World Heavyweight Champion Seth Freakin' Rollins defended against Judgment Day's Finn Balor. Dude, first off, Finn Balor's mask. Holy. That was hard. Oh, man. That was hard. Because, <laughs> mind you, the fan WWE fans never saw him as a heel outside of WWE. Man, yeah, he, was, he was a killer over Japan. Oh, my he was God. Heel, so. He was a great heel. And... This match was, in, I mean, I knew they were going to put the work in. They put 12 minutes, 30 seconds. And I wish it was longer. Though. Of course, we, we again, we're going to get to that, the reason why. Mm-hmm. But I just think that, you know, Seth Rollins is really building up. And after the Omni um, went during the press conference last night, he was saying that, hey, you know, 
it's going to take time to build some equity with this title. I'm just mm-hmm. paraphrasing, but he was saying how Roman built up the title. He said, but I want to do what Brett did. I'm going to do what, you know, a lot of the other guys did. And it's just really build up, build up, build up the title. They so the right guy for it right now. Absolutely. He, so, he definitely deserves he's it. He's a workhorse sure. dude. So I'm, he I'm glad they, they, they brought this belt back for it. Now it'll make the show worth having a world champion on there to, to, to go for. Cause with Roman holding all the belts, I mean, it, it's kind of put like some storylines and stagnants where you could have had a, a, a title yeah, mean something. Balor and I'm sorry, Balor and Rollins. This was a seven-year rivalry that yeah. really they touched and went about it. But this is their first time yeah. in a really wild kind of saying like, "Well, this happened seven years ago. You you basically cost me." My spot. I mean, with, right. with one move, and what ended up happening. Now Finn's been up and down, up and down, and Rollins' star just elevated even more with that man going down. At it. Organic story to yeah. tell itself, and so. of course, in the middle of the match, Mister Money in the Bank himself, Damian Priest, comes down the aisle, Changed and he's everything. sitting. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, and he distracted uh, Finn. You know, and of course, Rollins won with the uh, curb stomp. And retains the World Heavyweight Championship. And, of course, we have the main event. Bloodline Civil War. The Usos, Jimmy and Jay, defending against the remaining members of the Bloodline, Solo Sokoa and the undisputed WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. It's going to be an awkward Thanksgiving dinner. (laughs) It's going to be an awkward... No, no, no. It's going to be an awkward 4th of July on Tuesday. It's going to be an awkward Labor Day. It's going to be an awkward um, Columbus Day, um, Halloween. The whole nine yards. The whole nine yards. Even Election Day is going to be um, very awkward. So, let's start with it, man. You know, this, this story has been three years. And you know how hard it is for... Um, so, let's see. How am I going to say this? For an audience to be invested in something that's been three years. Right. That is classic storytelling at its finest. Because normally uh, an attention span of an audience is show to show. Yeah. This this bloodline thing has elevated so many different people. And it's so many different narratives that you can really cost go with this to me this is more like a godfather type storyline right you got roman roman's rise to power right i mean you've seen him come back and he became the tribal chief which is something i like saying yeah <laughs> acknowledge me acknowledge me right but i mean if you really this is like a, a mafia movie though i mean if you really look at it i mean you got the big man who's pretty much acknowledging like I, i'm putting the family's lineage all on me which to me sounds like a villain going right i mean every in a way villain, right every, every vill- villain has a, a story, story right that you want to believe that they're the good guy in it so if you look right. at it like that then you got his cousins who <laughs> who don't who haven't fallen in line or he basically was a, a sibling robbery that's going wrong and now you got his cousins involved in all of this now you have the one cousin that's conflicted on either doing the right thing, basically saying, like, my cousin didn't lost his mind. Sam's doing the right thing. Then right. you get added in the Sami Zayn element, and that took this to all. To me, I think when Sammy they put him in, this kind of really blew it up. 
even especially, more. Especially when they had those segments, man, that just went away to the point of, like, they completely lost control. Mm-hmm. Because Sami Zayn said, the, the, the one SmackDown where he said, he isn't being really oozy. Uh-huh. And I think they lost, they lost, <laughs> I don't think that line was in the script. And they all had the, the, the I think it was Jay that just kept breaking. And, and mm-hmm. Roman was like, come here. He said, like, come, come. You can come. tell they was trying not to, <laughs> to break character, but you couldn't help it. But I think something like that was a refresher for them. So when that turn happened and you're going to have Roman pretty much be the villain that he is right now, it, it got a lot of people emotionally involved in, in, in these decisions right now. I've seen this crowd pop, not necessarily from a move, but just a reaction. Yeah. Let's see. The chair shot on Roman at the Rumble. I was just going to say that. I say the chair shot. That was one. Everybody in their right mind was like, thank you. And it's just like, you know how hard it is to really get people involved because everything in pro wrestling, people want it here, right now, right now, literally right now. Instant instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And for them to hold off on this and to make these moments happen, that that's classic storytelling, which is something that I love. I mean, at the end of the day, it's to me. I don't care who's really the good guy or the bad guy. The match is the match, but right. the story is the payoff in it at the end. Right. So when he hit him with the chair, mm-hmm. that was that was the uh, the investment with me. Like, oh, that's the payoff. Now you're going to see, like, even though Kevin, he was, I guess Kevin Owens was his is his friend. But, but he was he handcuffed. Still, he, he was still was, handcuffed, yeah. And it was just like, I can't let this go on no further. Enough. Right, enough, right, enough. right, right, right. So when he hit him, I was sitting there like, oh, crap. This is really going to go down. Right. Then when Jay got on him, <laughs> and then when he walked away from it, that's when I was like, oh, man, this is really interesting now. <laughs> it, yeah, this this story, like I said, this is three long years. And it's and the, the cool thing is, is that, it's teaching the fans now, be patient. Like Roman said at the uh, press conference at uh, WrestleMania, he just said, you know, we ain't feeding you fast food, we're giving you filet mignon. Yeah. You know, so you got to absorb it and just, just let it, just let it, just just enjoy the ride. You know what I mean? And I think people are going to miss this storyline when it's done. Oh, when it's finally done, absolutely. I mean, think about this for a second. Solo Sokoa has only been on the main roster since September last year. And he's main evented several Raws, several SmackDowns, and now several pay-per-views. And he's been in some real highlight spots right now. Yeah, but but you know what, though? Granted, he was, you know, they call him a rookie. But let me think about it, man. When you're coming from that, especially that family. You ain't no rookie. You ain't no rookie, man. You got it or you don't. (laughs) It's funny. I saw saw Rikishi yesterday when I was at 2300 Arena. And I had to remind him. I said, dude, I said, listen. I said, I was, I said, I was watching that guy when y'all was the um, Samoa SWAT team in the NWA. I said, right. a lot of people don't realize, Paul Heyman was the original um, honorary <laughs> Oose. He was like, tell him, man, tell him. I said, there it is. I mean, shout out to his boys, though. I mean, Jay has really became, like, the unlikely sympathetic hero in all of this. Yeah, in the that, grand scheme of things. If you really look at it, his his arc in this is really interesting, though. He... he was trying to keep the family together. And then you got him and his brother going at it. And the highlight, I mean, and this, again, this is another build-up moment. When Jay had the, the moment of truth, it wasn't a match or anything. It was just he kicked Roman in, in, right in the chops. I mean, right. 
And then he did it again. And I was like, oh, now we really got something. And I think I'm with everybody. Much I'm going to say the unpopular thing. Much as people wanted Cody to win that thing, it has to be Jay to, to take it off of him. But I don't I, think they're yeah. going to do it. Well, no. here's, but here's the thing. Here's what I could see happening. Call me crazy. There was a recent observation that the WWE Championship still has Brock Lesnar's nameplates on them. Oh, really? They were never taken off. Oh, wow. Here's what can happen. Jey Uso wins the undisputed title. Mm-hmm. Paul Heyman doesn't know what to do. Guess who he calls? Brock. Brock Lesnar. And guess what? Now you set up Cody versus Brock mm-hmm. at WrestleMania. Yep. That's interesting. Now, that would be an interesting turn if that were to happen. Yeah, I mean, they can pull this trigger. I mean, it, it would... If this is this whole scenario is is good. It's interesting because now we don't know what's going we to happen know. next, and and I like that. I hate when like stuff comes out online saying, "Well, this yeah. is going to happen." I, I, I hate it. I I tend to stay away from sheets. Yeah, I haven't been on. Sh- I, I, I don't, don't do like that. reading them because I I want to be surprised to see what's going to happen next. Yeah, absolutely. But again, the match went thirty two minutes ten seconds. And Jay Uso pins Roman Reigns, who has not been pinned three in three years. and a half years. Mm. December 2019 was the very last time that Roman Reigns took a pin in the ring. That was against um, Baron Corbin. I think. Yeah. I so, yeah. So, that was historical, but it had to be Jay that got the pin. Yeah. Because think about, and I think someone said even on the main roster, Roman Reigns ate a pin from Jey Uso. Yeah, his first match. When, uh, on, when he was in the Shield. Yeah. So, Ooh. you know what I mean? So, it, it's it's so many different scenarios we could talk about when it comes to, you know, this storyline and where it's going to go. They Triple H mentioned in the uh, press conference last night that the event, Money in the Bank 2023, was the highest grossing arena event in the entire history of the WWE. In the history. Say that loud again. (laughs) In the history of WWE. Because think about this for a second. I know WrestleMania WrestleMania 20, I was in attendance. I think that grossed over a million dollars. It may have been like 1.2, 1.3 million. But I mean, again, it was a 20,000 seat arena. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So the fact that they they, they got on record to say that this was the highest grossing arena event Mm -hmm. in the history of the company speaks volumes of... The, the changes that has been, been happening in the company um, from all the infrastructure, we don't need to go into that, but everything that was happening and everyone being utilized. Because, I mean, heck, we all know. We think about 20, 23, 24 years ago when the Attitude Era was going on. I'm not talking about the actual content of it. I'm just talking about just the the wrestlers themselves. Everybody was a main eventer back then. I mean, it, yeah. you had guys that were the mid-card guys that were, that were generally over. I was, we were just talking about this off on a, on a in our little group chat. We were just laughing at how over Mark Henry was. As, and, yeah, as sexual yeah, chocolate. As I mean, sexual chocolate. And then you had the Godfather. The Godfather. Then and, you had, I mean, Val Venus was over. Everybody. Yeah. And listen, every, listen, and it wasn't even a matter of, like, who was the best wrestler. It was all about who the fans were investing in. You know, because of the character and also to what worked back then. Mm-hmm. And I think they should really get back to that now are vignettes. Yeah. Like if you had, if there was a new character that was coming, 
you know, Val Venus, those, they, they did about five or six weeks of vignettes. Mm-hmm. Heck, go back to 1992, Razor Ramon, they did about six or seven weeks of vignettes yep. on Superstars and Wrestling Challenge and Primetime Wrestling. To get you wrestling, ready for these To characters. get you wrestling for it. So, I mean, you get, and that's where you get the fans, like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And this is where I, I, I kind of keep telling people, this is where some of these, the companies really should be taking advantage of social media. To see to get these guys over like this, because right. in this day and age, you're going to need more than just TV. Yeah, it's going to it's going to have to be a group effort. I mean, you got the tools right here to do it. I'm Social not. Media, yeah. You got all kinds of ways you can start building a character over and, and start doing something. Oh, just, yeah. Like for an example, look at what was it? Matt Cardona. How he's basically using the internet. As a weapon to get not, and I'm not saying like it's a weapon in a bad way, but he's using this as, as a vehicle, as a right. vehicle and instrument to not only put eyes on his uh, on his character because that's at the end of the day that's what we're investing in the character. I think the WWE should start taking really he and going back to the old school way. He did, but, but he actually did that. He was one of the first wrestlers to ever use social media yeah. as a vehicle get, to get over it. Hey, you know, I'm getting punished. Uh, say what you want. Yeah. I believe he got punished for it oh, because yeah, yeah, yeah. he organically got over because that 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 series he was doing on YouTube was got, was generating so much views and, and buzz, about, and buzz it. about it. And I remember, John, I think it was CM Punk that went on Twitter and says, you guys need to check out Z True um, Long Island Story. It's freaking hilarious. Mm-hmm. And I, st- I was on my way to Connecticut. You actually put me on. Yeah, I was. Yeah. We was working together. Yeah, I, I was. Like... It was crazy. <laughs> I was actually headed to Connecticut for a, for a, a screening. And I had on my I had my phone in a dash, and I was just listening. I'm like, oh my god! This is, when he was he was trying to um he was climbing the gate. He was like, I'm trying to get over. I'm trying to get over. And then he had a he had a piece of paper, and he drew a dollar sign. He said, I can draw money. And I you, can. Tra- you had kept telling me at work <laughs> why he said, give yourself ten minutes. He said, and just watch. These just clips. watch it, man. And I was like, all right. Then you finally sent me one, and I was in stitches. I was like, yo, this dude is crazy. Yeah, man, but what? that's what I'm saying. It just really good. But it, they can show the vignettes on TV. Mm-hmm. They can show the vignettes on the WWE Twitter, Instagram page. There's so many ways that they can really get these cats over. But they can do TikTok videos. They can do TikTok. <laughs> they can do a lot. But I think it's all about who you know again who they want. Yeah. And this is fine. But I think what when in the case of LA Knight, LA Knight is like I said, he's he's gotten over it, and he hasn't even really did anything really significant. I'm not saying that I'm not, I'm not knocking him in a bad way. It's it's glad to see an uh, an, an organic rise, right? Coming about now, we don't know if he's a face or a heel or just let him just come out and just say whatever. It'll just let I think now they're just starting to let him be themselves, and I think that company now is starting to let some of these guys and gals be themselves. That worked. That, that was a formula that worked before. Like, they let these guys say, you know what, let's turn the volume up to 11. That's who they are. Austin never, ever said he was a heel or babyface. He just came out. Austin, with, right. Yes, man. <laughs> right. I was, dude, like, I'll never forget. I was watching, oh, man, I'm trying to remember which paper. He was, was marketed watching. as a, I mean, they had him as a face, but he was using a heel, heel, heel move, tactics. Heel yeah. tactics. <laughs> he was a heel. He wrestled, listen, he wrestled the same way. Mm-hmm. He didn't change. You know what I mean? Heel or baby. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's only a few cats that can do that. Randy Savage did it. Rick Flair. Yeah, Ric Flair did it. CM Punk did it. He didn't change as far as Mm -hmm. 
who he was. He, he, either you booed, booed him or you paid, or you, mm-hmm. and um and and um of course. You know what I mean? So it's so many ways that you can do mm-hmm. to you know to get that. But uh, we have a lot in store for 2020. That's just the first half of 2023. Think about that. First we, six months. <laughs> the first six months. I mean, we went from the Royal Rumble, you know, with all the you know with the the, the Sami Zayn blowing up with the bloodline. Sami Zayn challenging for the title at Elimination Chamber in his hometown of Montreal. Then you have rest of the two nights of WrestleMania. Then you then they go to Puerto Rico for Backlash. So they've been all. I mean, if you really look. With all these changes that's been going on in that company, and it, it has been not like this ain't minor changes that's going on. I Major, mean, behind the scenes, this yeah. is significant moves. Yeah, and the fact that this has happened and they have not missed a beat. Yeah, as a, as a production show, my hat's to them for this because I mean that that's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, Sands. They got to put out a weekly television show weekly, <laughs> two weekly, two, two, two weekly shows. Well, you should say three. Yeah, because NXT, and then and then don't forget all the content they have to do for social media. You know, all those other things. They're, they're, they they missed the damn beat. No, man, and, yeah, and I just think it's, it's business as usual. You know, even heck, even when Vince was on trial, the steroid trial ninety four, they were still moving as if he was as if he was still. Mm-hmm. Not on trial, you know what I mean? Because they were able to just. There's always a move. The, the machine always moves. Mm-hmm. I mean, they got to me now. I think they got a a very, very, very good roster right now. I just yeah. think the E really needs to sometimes just get out of their own way and just start putting a rocket ship on some of these guys and, and gals and just letting them go. I mean, I, I understand it's his company. He's going to want to do what he want to do. But you need to really take heed of your audience. That's pretty much, they're going to let you know who you want to see and who you don't. Especially when the merchandise is moving, mm-hmm. when the when the reactions are just, in, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, those weren't piped in cheers for LA Knight. No. That, they, those weren't piped in booze for for um, for Dom. No. You know what I mean? Like no, He's getting merchandise now. Yeah. I, now, he's going to... What's going to be interesting is to see the merch sales on L.A. Knight's yeah, yeah gear. Yeah. Because if they start seeing that this guy in this arena or wherever or yeah. social media is coming out with the yeah and, and everything else. Now, imagine if he does this. He's got the yeah. Now, imagine if he brings out that dummy button. <laughs> <laughs> dummy. Yeah. Dummy. Yeah. If he, I can, I, I legitimately can see that dummy button selling just as big as. as oh, absolutely! <laughs> now, here's an idea that I had. You know how they they recreated the "I'm your poppy" shirt to the "I'm your mommy," right? Mm-hmm. Remember the what shirt? Yeah. They need to put yeah and put the LA Knight logo at the bottom with mm-hmm. the, at the explanation point. Mm-hmm. That'd be a really good idea. Yeah. I, I think they're going to put this shirt out first as a tease, as a test to see. If people are really going to start getting behind this guy. So if y'all really want to get behind him, start getting the merch. Start. Go to WWEshop.com. I'm going to give him a free plug because, hey, what the hell. Because um, <laughs> you can. It's your podcast. Yeah, it's my podcast. Yeah, but it's go to WWEshop.com. You know, get, get LA Knight's merch. You know, get his tees. And, and, and support the guy. Because, again, he's a guy. Now, I'll be honest with you. I can see happening if he's challenging theory for the um, U.S. title. That would be smart. That would be smart to do. It's a, a smart and a safe thing because yeah. that way you can put that belt on him. It, it'll put some prestige on that, and it, it'll make him 
better. I wouldn't say that. He's already good. I mean, it's going to put some eyes on him and pretty much who he's going to be in there with. As This should be a test thing for him. It should be a no-brainer with him and Theory are feuding for this belt right now. But. Because they're both on SmackDown now, mm-hmm. so it makes total sense. I, could, I would love to see that at SummerSlam. Mm-hmm. You know, that's coming on August 5th at Ford Field. That's going to be... An incredible night for sure, but you, you know, you, you guys have the, you know, have the Watchers podcast, and then we got to get out here in a little bit. But tell the people, you know, where they can find it, where they can listen, and um, just the premise of the whole show. All right, basically the the premise of the Watchers podcast was it was just for us just to have some fun and just offshoot like weekly weekly events uh, and pop culture and everything. You can actually find us on Apple, iTunes. We're on YouTube. And we've got a lot of other stuff coming up soon that we're still working on. So stick with us. Thank you so much for your support and everything else. And it's W-A, uh, the W-A-T-C-H-E-R-Z podcast on YouTube, I, Spotify, all, everything you can find on your social media pages. So. Yeah, definitely check those guys out. Like I said, I follow them on Instagram, and um, you can go to my, I guess, the pages that I follow. You can just uh, look up the Watchers Podcast and just give them a follow. Tell them, you know, do me a favor, just just follow them, all right? Because I said so. Make sure you do that. Well, we're gonna get out of here, and um, thank you so much for coming by. I, I appreciate you. Yeah, no problem. Um, and uh, we'll definitely we'll definitely do some more reviews, you know, somewhere down the road for sure. Maybe SummerSlam, maybe we can uh, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine with me. I'm all for it. All right, man. Take care. Peace. Well, that does it for this week's edition of the DLU Podcast. Again, I want to thank Julian Smith for coming by and uh, breaking down the entire Money in the Bank event. And again, it was so much fun doing that. And I'm hopeful to bring him back on for future events as we break down events, whether it's Ring of Honor, uh, WWE, AEW, Impact Wrestling, or any other wrestling promotions that are out there. Because, you know, like I promised you guys before, I'm going to have a little bit more wrestling content on this show as well. Speaking of pro wrestling, although I will not be in attendance this weekend, I won't be at the show, have a previous obligation, you can ha- you can check out SWF's Feel the Heat event this Saturday, July the 8th, at the Outdoor Pavilion at the Home Dell Motor Inn. It's right off Route 35 in South Home Dell, New Jersey, right down at the, uh, the Garden State Parkway. Tickets on sale now. I'm starting at $25. You can go to SWFWrestling.com, you know, featuring the innovator of violence, the landlord of the house of hardcore, and the heart and soul of professional wrestling, the one and only Tommy Dreamer that will be on the card as well, in addition to all of the stars of the SWF. So best wishes to their show this weekend. Although, like I said, I miss those guys, and I can't wait to be back with you guys soon. You can head over to my store, shop.darrytlewis.com. You can get some really cool tees and hoodies. I know it's summertime right now, but if you want to get a jump start on the fall season and going into the winter season, you can definitely get yourself some hoodies. And, of course, you can get get yourself some T-shirts, tank tops, etc., etc. You can go again, shop.darrytlewis.com. You can also go to all my social media. So that's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and even now the new app, Spill, at the Real DT Lou. Facebook is, of course, Derek T. Lewis official page. Don't forget, guys, if you're listening to this podcast for the very first time, no matter which you know platform that you're on, whether it's um, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or any other platforms that are out there, hit the subscribe button so you automatically get all new content of the D. Lou podcast, okay? Well, I'm going to get out of here, and just remember, no matter what you do in life, Always remember to make it count. See you next time.